Hello, all of my beautiful souls in this vast multiverse. Um, this episode is going to be a very deep and interesting one. Today's episode, I'm going to focus on missing persons. Guys, um, these next few weeks, well, next week's Halloween. So I'm going to do this episode this week. And next week, I'm going to have a Haunted Places podcast. Um, I figured I'm getting into spooky season. I know it's like already the end of October and I'm now just getting in the spirit. You know, who fucking cares? Anywho, um, today I'm going to take on two missing person cases. Obviously, high profile John Benet Ramsey. That is a huge one. I know, I know. Everybody has their own conspiracy theories and regular theories. I'm basically just going to channel directly from my spirit guide and also see if I could connect to John Benet's energy as well. Um, obviously, we know she's on the other side. Um, this is some sick shit. That's all I gotta say. Now, um, later in this episode, so first I'm gonna cover John Benet, okay, her missing persons case. The next missing persons case. Um, is not a celebrity one. It's someone more in, in a, you know, local, not local here in Cali, but in my story, I put a sticker saying, who do you guys want me to look into? What missing person? Someone put a guy's name. His name was Joshua Gutta Wright. Well, his nickname was Gutta, but his name was Joshua Wright from Cincinnati, Ohio. That will be my second person I will look into. Um, wow. I, I, I tell you this, um, when you guys submit questions and answers in my story, I go off of the energy, meaning that if a name shoots out, that means it's a sign from God I need to look into it. So I, I want to briefly talk about this Joshua guy um, and how I even, why I'm even going to read him is because when I saw the name, it's something in my stomach sank, but I just ignored it. Okay. I ignored it. So after I saw that, in, you know, that question sticker from the person in my story, I ignored the feelings and then literally all week it's been bothering me. He's been around all freaking week. And today, actually, I woke up in this morning, like I was like, <gasps> like that. That's how I woke up out of my sleep. And I felt him on the side of my bed. Yes, guys, I know it can get pretty creepy, but <laughs> not like he wasn't doing anything malicious, but that's just how spirits show up sometimes. And guys, even if you guys have had any experiences of a spirit at the end of your bed, it's very real. Um, but anyway, he was at the, he was at the side of my bed this morning. And that's when I realized I have to fucking channel him because he's been around my home, around my energy. And I keep seeing flashes of water, even right before I go to sleep sometimes this last week. So it makes me believe he, something with water, but I will get into that later. Um, I just wanted to briefly say why I feel intuitively called. Usually um, when a spirit is very persistent, like this Joshua guy is from Cincinnati, it means they, you know, he has a lot to say, you know, obviously. Um, anywho, um, I'm going to go focus on John Benet Ramsey. Okay. As we all know, holy crap, the things that I've channeled from my spirit guide Zalo about this case is just very sickening and and and, and you know it, it really goes to show like you know the hashtag save our children it's there for a reason that's all i'm saying um anywho so for those of you who may or may not know john benet ramsey was um 
she was a beauty pageant star um, from Boulder, Colorado. She died uh, the day after Christmas, December 26, 1996. Um, and and what are the odds that she was her her, her death was on December? 26 1996 and she's a six-year-old there's a lot of sixes in this connection just throwing it out there and it has a connection guys um anyhow so so she um you know this case started you know she died 96 but the case was going on for years and the parents were doing interviews there was even um guys i'm just gonna give you the facts of the case before i give you my channel information about it okay so anyway um so they were testing the dna in 97 they even hinted at the mom possibly could have had her the dna writing sample sort of looked like the mom's john benet's mom's and i don't know if you guys are aware but even her brother um her older brother was actually a um what do they say? Uh, his name was Burke. Okay. And he, they, they, first they say that he wasn't there. And then the evidence turned out that you could hear his voice on the 911 call. So in this case, and you guys can look it up, there was a lot of inconsistencies. Um, and there were so many different, um, police detectives that were on this case who resigned, quit, said, I can't do this. Um, or it's too much pressure, you know, cause it was a very high profile case. And, as you know, CNN was doing a lot of interviews with John Benet's parents. Now, here's where things get really weird. So supposedly they all had a Christmas party the night before um, her her death, okay? Um, here's what, nothing lines up, nothing adds up from the evidence and everything else I've always thought, I remember when this case was popular, I was young at the time. Cause you know, I'm, I think around 2000 is when I started seeing stuff around. Cause I was born in 91. So I think I was nine and two. Yeah, I was nine in 2000. So, you know, um, that's when I started seeing little stuff about the case, but then it just was kind of dying off. So anywho, I wanted to speak to you guys about what I actually channeled about, uh, the situation. Now I want to, before I get into the channeling, one last thing is this in 2016, Burke, her older brother goes on Dr. Phil and he says it twice. He repeats this sentence twice. Hear me out. It probably was some pedophile in the pageant audience. And he repeated himself twice. Now, there has been, guys, a lot of speculation that Burke, her older brother, was somehow involved. There's, you know, it's been an off and on thing. Now, here's where now I'm going to start my channeling. Burke was a scapegoat. Okay, so here is what I found surrounding the case. Burke knew exactly what happened, but his life was threatened. Okay, um, just like how the parents said, oh, Burke was sleeping when, when it happened and when then we did the 911 call. And then all of a sudden evidence proves that Burke's voice was actually on the 911 call. The reason why is because he did witness something, okay? Now, this is a big cover-up. Now, who would benefit from this cover-up? You know, it's just, you, you just gotta ask yourself that sometimes. So this was a really big cover-up and they try to make the, the brother a scapegoat or someone to blame or to give 
to give fuel or energy to. So here's what actually happened. The brother was actually right. He told the freaking truth to the Dr. Phil audience. Watch the video in 2016 when he said it was probably some pedophile guy in the audience. Now, and by the way, on the evidence, it also claims that not only John Bonet was strangled, but there was some vaginal things going on down there as well. So she was obviously some kind of molested. So anywho, um, here is what I got from my spirit guide from the case. And when I tap into the energy is this. Her brother was right in the point that there was a pedophile in the audience. What the brother doesn't reveal, as you know, they always leave half troops in the media. And Dr. Phil isn't the best guy either. Just throwing it out there. But anywho, um, he, le he left something out. So you guys are familiar with human trafficking, sex trafficking, and, you know, all the horrible atrocities of this world. Um, unfortunately... There is a lot of higher up sex traffickers who do frequently visit child pageants. Um, I actually, from what Zalo's saying, it's like a big underground rink, you know, like it's sick. I know it's gonna sound sick, but like my spirit guide even says that beauty pageants, like especially the child ones was created um, you know, it was, it started out innocent, but like it, it actually was really designed for the pedo world, the underground pedophile trafficking world. I know it's sick. Anywho. Um, but yeah, like with anything that gets started, any organization gets started, any pageant, you know, it starts out good with good intentions, but you know, sometimes darker forces hijack good, good things. That's all I'm saying. So what happened was there is certain groups who literally travel from state to state and, um, watch beauty pageants and stalk them and stalk their families and, um, you know, steal kids in the night, you know, take them and do nasty stuff and etc. I don't even want to get into the details, but you catch my drift. So the brother was right about someone being the audience, but like I said, this was an organized crime. That is the major thing I want to tell everyone today is that it was organized. And um, I also feel like the reason why some of the police officers were resigning was because they were getting a lot of pressure from certain higher ups because um, this case stretches all the way into the Illuminati. I know you, I know, I know I sound like a crackpot, but listen, listen. There were some higher, higher up people who knew about this John Benet Ramsey case and were directly involved. Um, and, and I say Illuminati, I guess you could call it higher ups, um, the people in charge of the, you know, human trafficking, whatever. Um, there's a reason why certain cases get worldwide attention on CNN and why certain cases just are more local, you know? And this one was, this, the media, really sensationalized and romanticized this case to the point where you know it had a lot of people just just revved up in emotions as you know makes sense it's a child you know you know that's terrible of course you know we should get pissed off at this shit you know um but anywho so what happened was they found her in the audience and um, they stalk the parents beforehand I say they because like I said it's organized so what are the odds? By the way, there was a ransom note. When they found the daughter was missing, there was a ransom note that said to the father, um, we need 118,000 or you'll never see your daughter again or something like that. And what are the odds? That's exactly the amount the dad got from a bonus from his job. So someone 
It was 118,000. You know, usually robbers, kidnappers say like something even, like, oh, give me 50K or 100K. No, 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 no. This person wrote in the kidnapping note, 118K. You know, it was, and they said that's literally exactly how much his bonus was. So, guys, this person was paying attention to this guy, to the dad's finances. So, what happens is sometimes these families get stalked way prior in advance. Um, and what happened was, I feel like, oh, by the way, oh, I forgot this. When I was looking through the case files, it did say that the first cop on the scene did not check what the door that she was, um, you know, killed in. So the officer just slowly walks through the house and doesn't open any doors. The one main door where J John Bonet was actually, you know, killed behind and hidden in there, he didn't even check and then resigned from the case. It, I'm telling you guys, like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to say how all of this shit is weird surrounding this case, you know? Common sense tells you to open a closet door, you know, when you're a police just searching a home. I just feel it's, I don't know, just common sense guys anywho um so here's what happened um the brother burke knew exactly what happened his life has been threatened numerous times and uh that's what you know obviously you're threatened it's kind of hard to just kind of um you know you can't really tell the truth when all these illuminati people know your every move and it's gonna kill you and shit so um I don't feel like the brother did anything. I just feel like he just, he knows about it. He see, he saw like someone in all black, you know, in the home. That's what my spirit guide's showing me. So um, unfortunately, Jean Benet was killed and, you know, unfortunately molested and just, it's just really gross, the images. And um, what the media was doing when they were sensationalizing it, it was kind of a way to, um, from what from what Zalo's saying, it was all like, oh man, it was just he says smoke and mirrors. That's what Zalo says about the media, at least when it comes to this case. And also, interestingly enough, the mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer in '93, but didn't but died all the way in like 2000 some, right? And I thought that was interesting and um, how she lived so long even with that diagnosis. I mean, you know, good for her, obviously, but. There are certain things that are just very weird about this case, but I do want to let you know, let everyone know that this was all planned. And if you guys have kids and beauty pageants, just be very vigilant because I'm telling you, it's a very scary world. Um, especially, you know, the, I wouldn't say this day and age. I mean, obviously this has been going on for a long time, but like I said, some higher up Illuminati members who do the, you know, trafficking, they do tend to frequent these pageants. And, um, and when, and like when they are found out, like for instance, Salo says that, you know, they had to do a deal with a family. So after they murdered John Benet, I see that one of the members, one of the higher ups visited the family and, and also gave them a payout. They, that family was already relatively wealthy. So if anything, it's funny, Spirit says their father was very greedy. So, maybe that has something to do with like him just getting a payout to just shut up about it but i feel like definitely the mom and dad and brother all knew the truth and it's just so sad that you know i know that um you know <clears throat> money really does corrupt a lot of people but i don't feel like it was just money related i do feel like the father it's something specific on the father's end guys um the father had a lot of connections by the way um I, when i mean connections i don't know if he had connections to you know quote someone in that kind of world you know i don't know what the dad did for a living 
Um, but I feel like he also had contacts or some kind of higher up thing. So I just don't know if he literally agreed on this just for a big payout, which is sick. But regardless, the father is not innocent, guys. There's something like he planned. He knew this was happening. It was just everything about it. It's just just sickening. So that whole case you know, while sure we may, you know, this is only glimpses of the truth that I'm getting from Zalo. Zalo's telling me there's other piece, bits and pieces of information that I have missed, but it's not really like relevant from what he's saying. The main thing to get across is that this was extremely organized. This was not random or, you know, it was just, yeah, just a nasty organized cult. Just sick. Um, so I just wanted to briefly, I know I like really briefly summarize that. Um, but I really want to get to this, uh, Josh, Joshua Gutta Wright. Okay. So this one really is kind of near and dear to me only because he's been visiting me all week. And, um, okay. I'm just going to kind of go into it. So Joshua Gutta Wright is from Cincinnati, Ohio. And he went missing in February, I think February 2nd, 2018, or just February um, 2018. And, and again, he's from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, he, yeah, it was actually February 3rd. Sorry about that. It was, it was, I think it was on a Friday or something like that, February 3rd. Now, um, what is weird about this situation is that like, all he did, he was just seen and then he just literally disappeared in a thin air. And supposedly, you know, he's really close with his family and friends. So they would have definitely heard from him, you know? So it was just, I, I feel like his family already felt it was extremely suspicious, which absolutely I agree because he's visiting me, which implies that he is dead. So unfortunately I have to report that. Um, don't, I mean, I'm assuming maybe the family already kind of felt that, you know, years have gone by, but I just want to confirm it because I wouldn't be talking to him if he was alive, if that makes sense. I don't know. It kind of breaks my heart, but I definitely know he's on the other side based on just how much he's been visiting me this week. I know dead people because I do readings all the time on dead people. So I know when, um, when a loved one comes through or when someone who's passed on comes through, I know what they feel and look like. And he has that same energy of someone who has passed on. So I just want to at least clarify that, that he definitely is on the other side, guys. Um, this case is interesting because, um, I seen on, I actually, when I Googled his name, right. And I read based off of photos because I'm clairvoyant guys I see everything in visual formats so I need to see you know so I, I had to look up his face so looking at his face is what connects me to energy so I looked at his face and I was like whoo you know there's a lot of fiery energy coming off of him you know um just just like what I mean by fiery energy I mean he's passionate like he loves life he loves he loves his family like he's very like devoted very loyal he has a strong sense of loyalty guys I mean his energy to me is like v like when I say I'm down for you like I'm I would literally kill for those that I love so and he means that in a literal sense by the way um from what he's telling me anywho um the reason why, like I said in the earlier this uh, episode, why I need to do this is because all week he's been flashing images of water, okay? I don't know if this means that um, 
either he was thrown into a body of water and I feel like it's either a river, a creek. It doesn't feel like, like a big thing of water, if that makes sense. Like it's not like an ocean, you know, it's not he didn't get thrown in the ocean, nothing like that crazy, but it feels like water was involved somehow. I just don't know. I'm telling you, I woke up like out of my sleep like this, <gasps> like that, you know, and I'm telling you, it's just, it's just a really eerie feeling. So what Josh and guys, like I said, I'm clairvoyant. So I'm only going to describe the images that he's been showing me water. Um, he says that near his, where his, okay. He's holding hands with a female. All right. So what, when I see a loved one holding hands, it means that they're together. They're hanging out on the, on the other side, this female passed, passed away. This is someone he would have known. And like, like a friend, like, you know what I mean? Like a best friend. Now, she she is coming forward saying she knows who did it the person who did it or people excuse me it just wasn't one person i feel like it was one one and two other guys possibly maybe it was like three guys on on and just josh i don't know but the point is is that this woman who's next to who's next to josh is telling me that she knew the guy and the guy knew josh and her and um she knew what happened and this is really heartbreaking to be honest is because she knew what happened but if it, it feels like the guy was like threatening her life as well god people are just violent um anyhow um it felt like i see an image of her brain okay she's showing an image of her brain which means either she had some big mental she either had a mental illness or her brain was just fried that's what she says my brain was fried i don't know if she means drug use or just mental illness. I have no idea, but she is saying that she was not the best like person to trust with, meaning that like she had a feeling or she kind of had a feeling like who did it. And again, the guy knows both Josh and Josh's friend. Where that car was found, um, you know, where that car was found, at that near that home where the girl the girl saying that she oh it's so confusing oh my gosh i'm so sorry guys i'm channeling and raw this is me doing it raw i'm channeling raw this is what it looks like i'm channeling her and i say so confusing because her head is everywhere so excuse me guys i'm just trying to get bits and pieces of information as it comes through so as you see, I don't plan shit. It's just raw. Okay. I know. I just, you know, I plan, I mean, I plan to connect, but she's giving me a headache right now. Not in a bad way. It's just like, she's trying to make me feel what she, she felt. And it's overwhelming to be honest. Um, but what she's trying to get at is that the guy freaking knew Josh and her, and she couldn't speak up or say much because she felt like her life was on the line. And it felt like the guy who killed Josh was feeding her or sold drugs okay i see the image of drugs so there's some kind of drug exchange um between i'm talking about the female with josh okay i don't mean to confuse this so there is a female who died after josh did and this female knows josh personally as friends and they're both together in heaven so i just want to clarify that so you know we catch you up on what i'm talking about even though what i'm, I'm just channeling it sounds fucking confusing but anywho um catch y'all up to speed she and Josh are both together in heaven and she's explaining her side of the story and explaining the guy who did it, okay? So that's what I'm explaining right now. So she's explaining that the guy who killed Josh um, was a drug dealer or currently is, could be present tense. Um, she's saying that he would get her drugged up all the time, um, you know, and, and she just 
it just feels like her life was just there was just a lot of pain and drama in her life but the point is is that i do very much feel that it's not nothing is random about this whole case um the fact that josh went missing he was he, he had a call or a text to meet some friends and i do feel like it was someone he knew and the reason why the guy had to shoot josh i feel like it could have been like a robbery gone wrong and the worst part about it it's his own person he knows that's the worst part about it in my opinion and i mean that's sad really it's fucking sad um it was and because it was someone josh knew really well um he knew josh would retaliate and the guy's like well fuck that shit i'm not going to wait around for josh to retaliate i gotta kill him here on spot because i can't have him come after me because he knew josh would come after him this guy knows josh so well that he knows the kind of guy josh is and josh would totally retaliate so i felt like it was either robbery um, some kind of robbery. I don't know if Josh got something new that week. I don't know if it was like a package he got new that week or if Josh had something. But it, I and by the way, I felt like his friend was plotting this for a while. It doesn't feel like it was like, oh, this is so random. Let me just rob my friend. It wasn't random. It's so fucking terrible. It wasn't random. Um, by the way, the image that I see, um, you know, uh, he's a dark-skinned guy um and and like i said the girl who, who also passed away i don't know who this girl is guys again i'm not like this is this case is all the way in cincinnati i'm all the way here in cali i'm just going off i have no idea like who these people are but it just feels like josh josh is saying like it isn't too far from where the car's located um also the anonymous call was that you know that that anonymous call that the family got by the way the family got anonymous anonymous calls from what i saw online saying that um josh will be found when the truck is when his truck is found well they found his truck and he was nowhere to be seen right and <laughs> you know that that call was a deliberate attempt to mislead the family it's just really fucked up um but yes josh was showing me water and i feel like josh was killed in in his city you know in ohio and cincinnati or whatever um like like i said it's either he was killed first then thrown into a body of water but i do have to say it feels like blunt force trauma and a gunshot wound and again um so that's the main i guess that would be the motive um would be the robbery and also i feel like um you know this guy is very the guy who did it is very all or nothing. He's very shady. He's very like double face, double cross. As you know, obviously killed his own friend, you know, or so-called friend. But um, I also feel like this guy, um, he has, it's funny. There's someone else connected to this case. I know that there's one guy who technically shot him, but there was another one who hit him. Um, I don't know, like hit him over the head with something, but someone hit him and that guy, either was in went to jail for an unrelated unrelated case so one of the guys involved in this actually is in prison for something unrelated to this situation ironically so i think that's kind of weird you know like how life happens like that or karma whatever you want to whatever you want to call it so there is one guy involved is actually currently locked up or has been locked up in these in this last year year or two okay so Josh was murdered in 2018 February, but this guy, one of the guys involved was locked up maybe like seven to 10 months or a year after. So it's just interesting. Now, one of them are still free. 
I, like I said, I see the number three. I feel like it could have been like three guys. Totally unfair. Totally bum rushed him. He totally didn't see this coming. Um, but anyway, Josh is telling me the reason he's been popping up lately for me is because he's just saying like he feels really bad for his mom. You know, it's like it just feels like uh, his mom and his family have been going through it. But specifically his mom, he just wants to bring his his mom some peace. But again, I feel like... um. Yeah, it, it's something with water. I don't know if he's in like underneath, like literally you have to go you get a sky, like a scuba diver and go down to find a little bit of his remains. But I also feel like the guys were very cocky who did it and they felt like they were imitating a movie. So it's like they watched, I, I know that sounds so stupid. I know, but the guys who did it are so fucking stupid. So they, they imitated some kind of movie. I don't know if they try to take bits and pieces of his like, um... I don't know if it's like they try to cut off one of his body parts and throw it in one part of the water and kept this and like, you know, it just felt like it, it was just wrong how they did him. But I feel like if there is a body of water near the location where the truck was found, that is somewhere you want to look. Um, and again, I know it's been two years, so I know it's going to be kind of hard to like find something, but I keep seeing an image where his truck was parked is not too far, I believe, from where his body or some some part of his body body was is found. And again, it's 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 a body of water, but it doesn't feel too big like an ocean. So obviously there's no ocean in Ohio, but you get you get what I'm saying. It's somewhere near where the car is found. I don't know if there's like a body of water or something, whether it's a lake or a river. I don't know. It, there has to be something. Um, and, and doesn't have. And I don't mean literally on the same street his car was found or his truck was found, but I mean somewhere in the vicinity, maybe like in the in, in the nearby like 20 miles or something like that. Because um, I do feel like, uh, you know, this case will kind of drag on forever. And to be honest, it also feels like Josh is not, you know, and it really also reflects, I know there's a lot of missing person cases every day and every year, but I also feel like Josh is saying that the police did not do, if they would have really like, they, he, Josh says he they need to scan for evidence more in the in the in the truck on the um, passenger side. For some reason, Josh shows me an image of the passenger side of his truck, um, and he's just saying it could have definitely been way more um, way more thorough evidence. They said he can they can find something there. Okay, so they just he just feels like the police didn't they were lazy. Okay, just to be honest with you, it feels like they were kind of lazy. Um, so Josh is saying. Um, there could have been something on the right in his passenger seat and in the back seat and also to check for um, the, uh, did he have a pickup truck? I don't know. The back of the truck, there is little, little fibers. Like it's the smallest little piece of evidence, but it's something that can possibly help in this case. So, and also he says, check my tires. Okay. So why? I'm sure the police probably did, but for some reason, Josh keeps saying there could have been something they could have matched. That's what he's saying, match. Okay, so um, yeah, it's just like, from what Josh is saying, he's like, there may be some kind of, you know, he says, you know, the guy, the guy knows who did it. He says, there are people who know, you know, and he says, they may never come forward because they got, here's what Josh's words, not mine. He says, they got their own shit to worry about. And so it's almost like, 
there are a few people who want to come forward, but it's either they're scared because everyone, it seems like this guy, everyone knows of him. Does that make sense? Uh, it's like people know this guy. He, he, he like, <laughs> from what Josh is saying, it's like he, <laughs> he's saying, he, by the way, Josh has a great sense of humor. He really makes me laugh. I mean, he, he really does. So I don't even know. I, I, I'm pretty sure his mom, I, I'm, you know, my podcast isn't that huge, but I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. But if his mom ever stumbles upon this, um, just know that he, he really looks out for you. And, um, he's really around a lot and especially his kids, like his energy's everywhere throughout that home. But like, it definitely feels like he has a great sense of humor. He makes me feel like, you know, he's the kind of person like, yeah, he may have been dabbling into, you know, kind of like the street stuff or the street life. But like, other than him dabbling in the street life, he's a very funny person. And he makes you feel comfortable and welcome. You know, he doesn't judge. It's like, hey, fuck it. You know, he, he, he likes to have fun party. And it's just like, I think he was just genuinely just and, and from what he's saying, he says, you know, I like to consider myself like a very like, you know, strong man. I know what I want. I don't go with no bullshit. But I also feel like his weakness was like, he says, you know, to be honest, B, maybe I was too trustworthy because when I found friends, I'm so loyal that like I sometimes miss the little red flags because that's just how I am. Like if you're my brother, you're my brother. So it just seems like this is someone he might have considered a brother. That's the word he said, you know, but he's still, you know, very angry because he doesn't like how, you know, his family's being treated. He doesn't like how, you know, um, it just feels like he just he just wants his mom to go on with her life, you know, And, and not just his mom. I mean, he has other family members, but, you know, I just pray that they do kind of relook into this case and I, I mean I'm sure it's like a open case but I really hope that someone gets back onto it maybe does another check on the car maybe checks another location of water um you may want to check his friends one of them like I said one of them's dark skinned um one of them's chocolate brown you know like a light brown skin um but again um I also see the letter d okay so um something with the letter d yeah something with d in it as well uh don't know who this d is as i don't know who this this letter d i also get the letter r okay so sometimes i you know sometimes i get initials and sometimes i just get the first letter of someone's name so d and a r and no i don't mean dominican republic <laughs> but so it's either one of the guy's names starts with a d or one of them starts with an r or maybe it's dr junior jr i don't know but the point is is that i really hope that this case and, and the family's able to get peace um, you know, and, and from what I'm getting from Josh, I feel like uh, as time goes on, he's saying slowly but surely everything will come to light. And he's saying, you know, when people are under pressure, they do tend to spill the beans, you know. So maybe he means if someone else gets locked up again in the future, maybe they may spill the beans for a lighter sentence. Who knows? We'll keep we'll keep uh, hope alive. But definitely somehow water's involved because I literally woke up out of my sleep with water like I was <gasps> like that. So just just creepy, man. But um, Josh is doing really well on the other side. And he's he has a very, very protective spirit. So just want to throw that out there. Um, this is just the beginning of my missing person cases. <laughs> uh, I actually did an actual um, reading for a missing person earlier this year um, for someone in Riverside, California, and I ended up finding her son for her. So I only did one case and, and you know, personally, you know, I did one actual case and actually found someone. And 
it was a beautiful moment, to be honest. You know, I, I don't really do those kind of things, but I think I want to open myself up to just kind of, you know, you know, trying something new and, you know, helping people find people, you know, and, and finding closure and justice and peace and inner peace and justice, man. It's what like, woo, it's really needed. So anyway, um, yeah, next week I'm going to do the haunted places and see what kind of ghosts pop up and where they come from and all the good shit. All right. So until the next episode, peace.